Good evening to everyone who has just joined us at Kopi Advance. This is Vance live from Kopi Advance Studio. And yes, and today's topic is all about the pancreas because why? This is the month of pancreas awareness. So let's, before I bring in my guest speaker, let's try to understand a little bit what is pancreas here, right? The pancreas has two functions, the endocrine and the exocrine. Its endocrine function is to produce the chemicals or hormones that regulate blood sugar, such as insulin. Its exocrine function is to produce enzymes that help to digest the food. The third Thursday, 18th November, in fact, I was just told the whole month of November is a diabetes month and as well as the pancreas as well, awareness, right? The pancreas cancer. Um, as I mentioned, on these days, people across the globe come together to rise awareness from the symptoms and the risk of the disease and the urgent need of the earlier detection. We are privileged to have with us our guest speaker, a consultant from Tanto Singh Hospital, Dr. Vishal, to speak with us. Dr. Vishal. Hello, doctor. How are you there? Yeah, good evening, Vance. I'm fine. How good are evening, you? Sir. I'm good, sir. Do you have a very busy day today? Yeah, today was uh, in the morning, I had endoscopy and then I had a clinic and in between saw some patients. Yeah, yeah, fairly occupying day. Thank you, doctor. Thank you for yeah. allocating some precious time of yours. I mean, even though it's an hectic day for you, but, you know, it's a privilege to you. I mean, it's a privilege for us to have you on our show on talking yeah. about this pancreatic cancer. Uh, yeah. Doc, let's dive into it. But before we even want to go, I just want to know... Um, why you want to choose as a doctor and why exactly or specifically why a pancreatic surgery or surgeon? Uh, well, I think, uh, by the way, I, I'm brought up in India. So I'm, now I am naturalized citizen, but uh, my childhood and my upbringing is from India. In India, India, during the schooling time, is given that if you do well, you know, in academics, I think uh, you just go into medicine. That's the kind of herd mentality that there is no given. So you do, even if you're not sure what you do, people just do medicine if they are well enough in academics. So I entered and became doctor. I had some ambition because there was nobody, no doctor in family. So I think parental, I wouldn't say pressure, but there was a bit of nudge. Uh, you know, they, if you become doctor, that's good because we have nobody in family. So I think that was fairly okay. A pancreas is always, uh, uh, you know, is a perplexing organ because, uh, you know, not much, not many people know about it. Is there? Is doing important job, but is is behind the scene working, <laughs> you know. So I think uh, it's also the disease of pancreas are very uh, different. Uh, you know, they are very critical. There's either there's no problem or suddenly there is a complex problem. Um, so I thought it is interesting to me. Yeah. You know, Doc, um, because we before we even want to jump into the, the questions that we have for today, um, yes. I was also told that this month is actually uh, the pancreas awareness and pancreatic uh, cancers month. Is, is that uh, where is it actually founded from or where is it from? How many years ago? Uh, can you just give us some information on that as well? Yeah, I think so. What happens is uh, cancer is a killer. Internationally, cancer is a killer. So I think uh, a lot of uh, uh, cancers have gathered attention. Uh, and to give attention to a particular cancer, every cancer has been, uh, you know, given some symbolic importance to raise public awareness. So, as for example, breast cancer will be given a pink ribbon, uh, pancreas cancer given a purple ribbon, liver is given a green, so on and so forth. So, I think uh, to raise general public awareness, uh, there is this uh, momentum to give uh, uh, some kind of symbolism to a particular cancer. Typically, these are given to very common cancers because they, they matter to the policymakers and to the patient more. So pancreas cancer, symbolic, uh, you know, the purple color and all the symbolism has been a little bit later compared to the other common body organs. I wouldn't be able to tell you exact which year it, it started, but it's there since I have, uh, since uh, time memorial, I have realized maybe more than a decade, two decades. Yeah. Yeah, in a very interesting topic uh, when we talk about this pancreatic um, cancer, because we always talk about all the other organs in the in the human body, the yeah. heart, the lungs, the bones, the muscles, the yeah. brains, and so and so forth, right? I mean, the liver, the kidneys. But uh, unfortunately, or, or rather fortunate, I'm not sure why is that so. Why is that the awareness for pancreas 
is way much more less a comparison to diabetes. When, when we talk about diabetes, it's always about the pancreas. But not much of an exposure or talked about on the, the pancreatic cancer as well. I think uh, uh, you, you are right. You hit the nail for today's uh, you know dialogue. Uh, the problem lies uh, in uh, the public uh, literacy, what we call as health literacy, public education and all that. As I said, pancreas is always behind the scene, both structurally as well as functionally and, uh, you know, in terms of public uh, dialogues. So structurally, if you look at it, pancreas is located behind the stomach. It's fairly deep, deep organ. Uh, so you just look at it in front of the spine bone. So it's fairly, fairly deep. When your stomach aches, people don't say our pancreas problem is nowhere. Well, the other body organs uh, are very well uh, having their presence in social media, in the normal public intellect, normal day-to-day conversation. Even a child knows about heart and lungs and brain. So as you rightly alluded, for some reason, pancreas haven't gathered attention. And it may be of interest to our viewers today once. I actually yep. did a survey on about 500 of the Singaporeans who came to Tantoxan Clinic. This was conducted about 2016. So we asked 500 Singaporeans about pancreas and pancreas cancer. And to my surprise, or not to really, about 20% of Singaporeans haven't heard of pancreas as an organ. Uh, and about 60% didn't knew much about pancreas cancer. While the statistics were very, very much kind of uh, predictable for breast cancer, colon, lung, and all that. So pancreas typically, for unknown reasons, I think uh, there's not much talk about it going on. Not many people know, not many people speak. And partly it is because the disease of pancreas are uncommon. And when they hit it, they hit it so hard that they are lethal. Many a times they are lethal. So, you know, there's not much uh, the disease process going on in the community, you know, as with breast and other uh, problems, people live long, people live 10 years, 20 years, 30 years after the diagnosis. While once there's a pancreas and cancer, the survival is shortened. So that same individual or their family, uh, you know, there's very little left for advocacy because we are just dealing with the problem and one fine day, you know, we are gone. So that the time of exposure, the intensity is so hard that the time, the burden of duration is very short, episodic in, in people and families. Life is an episodic moment. Yeah. Thanks, Doc. Thank you. Um, then we, we also want to go in a little bit more deeper as we done with the introduction and as we get, get in deeper and deeper right now um yeah. something about the pancreas right um is, is there some kind of presentation of course we will talk about the presentations later but in, in terms of an, a cancer um it could be lead to healthy lifestyle overweight um not proper dietary uh, no kind yeah. of exercises this could be a lead to the pancreas cancer doctor or could you be, think- tell us something about the pancreas yeah yeah, I think uh, that's very important uh, as we go into the, you know, Western uh, Western or industrialization and, you know, the sedentary lifestyle and the habits uh, we adopt. Um, a lot of uh, momentum has gained recently that pancreas cancer is linked to being overweight. Well, previously, it is mainly about smoking can cause pancreas cancer. Uh, and uh, there was some consideration with that drinking alcohol in excess. Uh, could be linked to pancreas cancer by causing inflammation. But I think over the last 10 years or so, there is increasing awareness that being obese or being overweight itself uh, contributes to pancreas cancer. So I think in the Western and many countries now, uh, being overweight has taken over as one of the common causes of many body cancers and pancreas is one of them. So previously, when we used to talk of uh, causes of cancer in general, right? People used to say smoking and drinking and all that. But now when we talk about cancer in general, being overweight or obesity is one of the prime talks. In UK, I think uh, a few years back, there was a tabloid, national tabloid, which actually reported that obesity is number one uh, etiology or, or cause of a cancer globally or nationally in UK. Yeah. So being overweight Thank is... You, uh, yeah. Um, and also when you mentioned about the symptoms and the signs, I you know, like overweight, um, yeah. you know, because we, we do know that, you know, it's related to diabetes as well. I mean, of yeah. course, if time permits, we will go into that a little topic of that. But of course, the focus is still on the cancer. But, you know, as, as we live in a modern society with so much of comfortability around us, right? 
the air condition is on, the elevators, the escalators, the bus, the transportation. So we hardly move. So the obesity uh, ratio is increasing. And then yeah. as exercises start to pick up, people are starting to exercise and starting to eat healthy. So could we say, is it also because of the DNA or the genetics also plays a part in the pancreas cancer? I think uh, genes and uh, mutations of the genes, when I say mutations, that means some certain changes into the genes we call as mutations. So some mutations are contributory to not only pancreas, but uh, many body cancers. So I think about five to 10% of pancreas cancer could be linked to the genes and some mutations at the maximum about 10%. But I would say uh, in Singapore, the contribution to the genes and mutations is partly very minuscule, about 5%. But I think you've got a very important point because everybody who has a pancreas cancer, when we face a patient with a pancreas cancer as a part of comprehensive multidisciplinary team or, or the recommendation or treatment or care package, we would actually advise the patient to, you know, to get the next of the key in the, the families, the immediate families, um, you know, consider some form of uh, awareness because they are at increased risk because of the gene transmission and so on. And we encourage our patients to get some form of genetic analysis as well. Uh, so, so many hospitals, including Tantoxin Hospital, we have a special genetic clinic, uh, which is run by an expert oncology or geneticist. And they actually guide you about the further testing and the implications of the testing. So you're right, it could be genetic. But the proportion is a little bit lower. You know, doctor, since we are in the symptoms and signs, uh, yeah. um, I mean, I, I read a journal not too long back. Uh, they talk about the dark colored urine, the light colored stools, uh, jaundice, yellow skin, uh, loss yeah. of appetite, abdominal pains. So it looks like a lot of symptoms. Um, but but you see, there isn't any uh, indication that you know uh, you should go and check on your pancreas. I mean, no, you oh I got a stomach pain, uh, probably diarrhea. You know, it always comes to that arrowing into that particular segment, but. Isn't it a bit scary that, you know, anything can happen to our human body, right? Especially our cells and our organs. Yeah. Um, how, do we, how do we narrow it down? <laughs> I think it's extremely challenging to narrow down. Uh, I, I think for general public, uh, the, the idea would be beyond the narrowing. The narrowing is for medical professionals and healthcare teams. I think for general public, the most important thing is to recognize the importance of all these uh, all these subtle, the vague, the minor symptoms which persist. Uh, I think we all have experienced gastric flu or what we call as, uh, you know, gastric uh, problems. Um, so that could also be one of the underlying symptoms of a pancreatic cancer. So in a way, I think the, the, the scenario of pancreas cancer is very diverse. It can lead to minor discomfort, which we can easily discount as a routine gastric problem. Or it can be extreme situation like jaundice. That, that means yellowing of your skin and all that. As you alluded to, the urine becomes dark. I want to talk about two things here. The first thing is the location of the pancreas. It's located beneath, behind the stomach. But that part of the body where the pancreas is located, you know, that part of the body is actually called as the heart of the body. <laughs> so now here to avoid confusion, the true heart is the heart which you all know. But I think from the surgical perspective or from the, the, the disease perspective, I think that part of the body is so crucial because that part of the body is the, where the stomach is, where the gallbladder is, where the, the, the liver produces the digestive juice and it comes out through a tube called bile duct. So that's the part of the body where the bile duct is. That's the part of the body where the big blood vessels which go from the intestine to the liver. There's the part of the body where there's a small intestine uh, and of course, the pancreas is connecting to all these things. And over this lies the stomach and the large intestine. So that part of the body is so complex and so crucial that if there is a problem here, uh, you can have a very diverse spectrum of, of disease. So I think that's one. Uh, though it is not a true heart in, in, in a strict sense, but where the pancreas lies, that portion of the body actually is considered a heart by some surgical community. We describe it as a heart. It's so important. It's so critical. It's so difficult to deal with it in terms of surgical skills and technique. The, I think the second thing I just uh, I just want to uh, you know raise awareness today among our viewers and everyone else. You know, if you have minor gastric problem, 
uh, we all go to GPs or polyclinics or sometimes even we buy from Unity Guardian and self-medicate antacids and many other stuff. Uh, I think that's perfectly reasonable, but up to a certain point of time. So if your symptoms, you know, don't get improved or there's a recurrence and relapse or persistence of those kind of minor symptoms, try not to neglect or ignore that kind because easy in the busy lifestyle, you know, that takes a setback. So many things to do, uh, you know, children, family, work. Uh, I think sometimes we all ignore our minor illnesses. Um, so I think that is an important message, probably one important take home today. You know, if you have dragging symptoms, even it may be simple bloatedness like gas or wind in the stomach, please don't uh, sit on it forever. You know, of course, you can take some medications, go to your routine doctors whom you trust. But if there is a persistence or relapse, you know, it could be one of the uh, symptoms of pancreatic problems. And as I, you know, as we all know, I told you the pancreas is so deep. You can't check the pancreas by physical examination. So you put hand on the stomach, you know, you, you will never know. Nothing, nothing. That is, you can't detect a problem. So the only way to detect would be some form of blood test, some form of scan or an image, you know. So I think it's important not to neglect the run of the meal, the common gastric problem. Yeah. Very well said, doctor. Very well said. I mean, you, you, you spoke all the right tips for viewers to take back. But, you know, doc, I mean, as we, yeah. we know that our cells turn against us at certain yeah. point of time. I mean, we do not know why for the reason. And they become cancer cells. Uh, but, you know, the, another, another part is very astonishing for me is uh, the, the only place that we live in is our human body, right? When we buy a car, we get all the manual the instructions that the you know the way the tire how the engine works and that kind of yeah. stuff and then the other part is when we buy a house we understand the floor plan you know we understand every single detail of those stuff but yeah. unfortunately we forget to realize or we try or we fail to understand the yeah. human body right so i think yeah. that is uh, i think that is where the lack of uh, awareness or the exposure in terms of mm. health and fitness i think plays a very important part what do you think about that doc I think uh, you brought a very relevant point once. I think uh, <laughs> this is again that ties down to health literacy of the general public or population and, and literacy with regards to the human structure and human function. And I think again points back to everybody knows a little bit about heart, a little bit about lung, a little bit about brain, but again coming to pancreas again a problem. So I think what is happening on ground is not only in Tantoxen Hospital, but many hospitals in Singapore as well as abroad. There is a momentum to, to, to elevate the health literacy of public, general public population. And these, these are two ways. Number one is, you know, structured process and programs. And number two is episodic, sporadic or an unstructured scenario. So as for example, for Tantoxen, we used to run an annual public forum. So where we invite people, you know, it was in auditorium before the COVID time. So we actually get about 200 to 300 participants real in the auditorium in Tantoxen level one and is a seminar. So people can ask questions. There are live talks with all the experts, the surgeons, oncologists, radiologists, relevant. So we used to do that regularly annual. So to just increase public awareness. The second, this is an unstructured because you are just doing once a year. Doesn't mean that people will have that knowledge. They may not retain and, you know, they go home and forget. But the structured process, I think what we also have in Tantoxen and as, as, as I say, some hospitals, including abroad, is called mini medical school. So have you heard of this concept called mini medical yeah. school ones? That's right. So I think what happens is, uh, you know, uh, there are certain group of interested people, including doctors, of course, driven by healthcare professionals, but especially in interested and motivated parties related to healthcare profession, they all come together and they actually um, conduct community events. Uh, and these are on regular basis. So actually they conduct a, like a like medical school. They conduct a session, you know, didactics and some Q&As uh, just to impart the medical knowledge to the lay people. And from these lay people, they actually get a selected people who are more can deep dive, who can understand more. They, they, they call us community ambassadors who will then go and disseminate to the wider community. So at the grassroots level, there is a momentum in terms of mini medical schools to elevate the health awareness and literacy. 
not only in pancreas in many other conditions and we in pantoxen also you know do such uh, campaigns our corporate communication and other divisions actually do such things yeah you know doctor when when we posted our posters out uh, in fact i have uh, a speaker who is actually from nuh as well he spoke very yeah. highly of you because you he, you actually lectured him during his medical um, um it, as he was a student so he sent his regards to you as well which i will definitely will invite him later uh, doc i know we have a presentation file that you want to show us something um do you yeah. think that you want to jump in now yeah, I think um, I think the first is this color. I think, yeah, this color. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think the color code is very important, and uh, okay. you know, just for viewers and audience in general, when we talk about cancer, we link it to a certain color and gives uh, gives an idea about. So, as for example, we talk about cancer called melanoma. Melanin is a black color pigment. Of course, uh, we know it is a black color ribbon. Uh, when we talk of liver, liver produces digestive juice, which is green in color. So, of course, it's a green color. We all know pancreas, uh, the, the breast is a pink color. So, similarly, I think pancreas is a purple. And I think it's interesting to know once when I was in Southampton as a fellow in, uh, you know, pancreatic unit, uh, they used to actually light up the, the whole mayor's building and some the government buildings with a purple lighting in the month of November and especially on the pancreas cancer day. So I think there is a, a, a policy. This is beyond a hospital or a doctor. This is a, you know, recognized policy by, you know, the politicians. So actually they, to support uh, or to endorse that this is the important problem. Actually, you know, government and policymakers also can uh, sometimes do such things. And I have witnessed that firsthand because I spent a year in Southampton. So I think that's what I wanted to share with the viewers about purple. So when we talk of pancreas, it's a purple color. Yeah. It's a beautiful and color. I, I think uh, everyone should yeah. remember, Doc. Everyone should remember. <laughs> yeah. Just to add, I think the lung cancer is a white color. And that's exactly opposite to smoking because the smoke is black color. So the lung cancer has to be, you know, anti-smoking. So they have come, you know, I think these colors are also thoughtfully given, you know. So there's some thought process behind color coding as it's not random. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor. So we will move on yeah. to the slide right now. Um, okay. There you go. I think, so, um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want to speak anything once? You want to... Share? Yeah, uh, Doc, I mean, we, we mentioned earlier on about the weight loss, but uh, it's a, a bit surprising to see back pain in the presentation because we know bloatness, loss of appetite, nausea, vomiting, but back pain, everybody is sitting 8 to 10 hours, sometimes even 16 hours they're sitting down. Yeah. That could trigger back pain, but how, again, it's like a puzzle that you need to put in, you know, one by one to identify that. But will it that be too late? Once you understand that it is not back pain related, it is pancreas related. Uh, how do we? Yeah. I think uh, two things here. Once I think the first thing is, as I told you, pancreas is very deeply located here. If you see in this diagram, is the yellow part is the pancreas. Mm. Behind the pancreas, you see the blue and the red color. These are the big blood vessels in the body. And behind this blue and the red color stuff will be the vertebral column or the spine bones. So okay. if you can see here, pancreas sitting right over the spine bones, of course, not exactly touching it, but of course, very much deeper within the body. Thus, any problems in the pancreas uh, would be typically contributing to back pain. That's one reason that, that back pain can happen. But again, as you rightly you know, pointed out that we all sit up, you know, office work. Back pain is so common. And most common cause of back pain is, again, the bone and the spine you know, the muscle, what you call as musculoskeletal problems. So again, here, the analogy ones would be if I see an animal, if I, you know, go out of my house tonight, I see a small animal with the stripes, it's most likely a cat rather than a zebra. So if you have a back pain, you know, the run of the mill causes are more common. So musculoskeletal, of course, the first common cause of a back pain. You don't need to worry that you've got pancreas problem. But again, if you have back pain, you are taking some painkillers, you have done some x-rays or some tests, the pain doesn't go away or the pain becomes even worse. And then all these other contributing problems come up like vomiting, nauseating, bloated. Ah, then you have to tie the piece of puzzle together and frame whether this is a story related to pancreas. So again, I think the viewers should not just get too concerned by us putting the back pain and all that. 
but again is tying the piece of puzzle together and again is about persistence of the symptoms rather than you know one off moment and and these uh, patients themselves are the best judge and of course the second best, best judge would be their their primary doctor their gp or the polyclinic whom they have some relationship of trust so again don't just take painkillers for back pain if you're persistent just get it checked yeah so doc so coming back to this topic again so is it good that we should do at least a year of a blood test or maybe three months once to identify the markers to understand where we are at cancer markers especially do you think that will actually help i think once uh, i wouldn't be an advocate of doing three monthly blood test or or say x-rays or or say a ct scan i wouldn't be a proponent or advocacy of that kind of uh, you know view uh, partly because that actually opens up the whole new ball game uh, supposedly i i am now about 44 if i go and have say some scan the scan is 20% likely to show something in my liver in my kidney in my pancreas or in some other random body organ and then i'll scratch my head what should i do with this i have found it and then i'll see a doctor who will also scratch the head what should i do and how should i guide this person and worse of ones if i have not bought an insurance but i did the blood test no insurance company is going to insure me against those diseases of those organs and insurance companies work very differently they don't go by disease process by and large they go by organ so if you have certain disease of a certain organ they will exclude that organ itself from insuring you so in future you are completely excluded from from insurance so i think every three monthly going and checking probably for for all singaporeans or for for all community no the answer is no but i think there are certain guidelines from our ministry you know that probably people should be aware of and again your gps and polyclinic doctors are in the best position to guide but just to add once i think the, the ministry in singapore has certain screening program like you know after certain age please go and check your blood pressure you know because blood pressure if it's not controlled can cause stroke can cause heart attack so of course is good good to go and check and one of the links with the blood pressure is of course cholesterol you know lipid and cholesterol so of course please go and check all that but in terms of pancreas we can't say go and do a tumor marker because three reasons number one the tumor marker even though people may have cancer the tumor marker may be normal so there's one problem then you have a false assurance you know that i have no cancer but the problem is every time you have a cancer the tumor marker will not go up the second problem is Uh, you know even you have some other condition this tumor marker can go up as for example smoking active or passive the pancreas cancer marker will go up so then you you are none the wiser what is the cause of these high marker levels and the third ones which i see more commonly is once the tumor marker is up then the the primary care doctor will refer them to a specialist like myself and you know other colleagues in in hospitals and then we are none the wiser uh, what to do now with this patient who is perfectly in a healthy condition he just has one problem which is a tumor marker which is high so again we discuss the pros and cons with the person and then take it further so i think universal algorithm that everybody goes for blood test probably no uh, not necessary Uh, not advocated uh, look out for health symptoms that's more important than going and, and and getting checked especially in terms of pancreas i am not advocating other things you know i'm not an expert as well but for pancreas we, there is no blood test in terms of screening yeah how about the uh, common reasons doc i mean why people need to have a pancreatic surgery could you please describe that procedure or the unique technique that you'll be using in tanto singh hmm okay so i think the most common reason we actually may have to do pancreatic surgery is somebody having cancer that's the most common reason we will actually touch the pancreas anecdotally uh, sometimes uh, you know uh, not in uh, not in the clinical scenario but in a social scenario some of us will say don't fiddle with pancreas pancreas is like a wife please don't fiddle with it it will get angry and inflamed and annoyed okay. yeah so i think the as far as pancreas concerned try not to touch it okay uh, 
but sometimes there is no choice we may have to take it out if there is a tumor if there is a cancer if there is a worrisome problem now recently once i just want to add there is increasing uh, uh, there is an increasing de the detection of this condition called cyst in the pancreas cyst is typically a bubble of water it can happen in livers kidneys um, you know also in pancreas many body organs by and large if it is in liver and kidney generally not really cancerous or, or generally considered benign but when that cyst is in pancreas is a different ball game is considered potentially cancerous potentially can transform into cancer after you know, say 10 years 20 years there is certain risk so one of the common reason of pancreas operation these days over last decade i would say is a cyst of the pancreas uh, and, and you know it's, it's not really a cancerous process we classify there is a pre-cancer condition the cyst puts the body or individual at a risk of cancer in the future so that also is an emerging problem these days we actually do pancreas operations yeah you know doc um is it true that because as i mentioned yes. i mean uh, you you've been uh, you've been a doctor and a consultant for so many years but i yes. just reading some journals yeah. You know, when, when when someone goes for a, a pancreatic, uh, when a person has a cancer and go for a surgery, yeah. Um, yeah. there is a high chances of developing type 2, I mean, diabetes. Is it is it, a, is it uh, true? Yeah. Yeah. When partial of your pancreas is removed or whatever, you will develop diabetes. So is that a link there? I think one's uh, the three things to add here. The first thing, each and every organ or even a part of the body, say a hair, I think God has given us it as a it as a purpose. So we wouldn't say hair is useless. Otherwise, imagine yourself looking bald. So everything in the body has a purpose. Similarly, pancreas has a purpose. And the two common reasons the pancreas has is one is it helps in the digestive by by producing enzymes which help in the digestion of oil. And the second, it produces hormones which are certain chemicals which goes into the blood and regulate the sugar balance. Now the second point. God has given everything in excess. God is too kind to us. He has given everything in excess. So many organs, you see, they are in duplicate, like lungs and the kidney and so on. Some organs which are simple, like heart is one, pancreas is one, but they have a tremendous capacity to compensate. So if I remove a little bit of pancreas from somebody, that somebody would not have problems because God has taken care of us very well. Uh, the issue is we, by our lifestyle, by our habits, you know, we actually per pursue certain unhealthy practices despite being aware that this is unhealthy. You know, it's just a behavioral science. You know, we just get lured to it. And thereby, you know, certain organs of the body will get some disease conditions. So they're not optimally functional. Now, the third point. So first point is, the you know, the structure of the pancreas. Everything, every organ in the body is important. The second point here is the pancreas, you know, good enough, you know, a little bit of operation wouldn't change. The third point, I think there is a real risk if a surgeon removes and that organ was not already optimally functioning by virtue of disease or by virtue of habits or whatever. And now I even removed a part of that organ. Of course, the function will be affected. And the two functions will be, of course, the, you know, the digestion of oil that will be affected. And the, the sugar balance, which is your diabetes, as you say, type 2 diabetes. So your sugar balance will be affected. So two things here. The enzymes or the oil digestion, though it is affected, it's easy because there's a capsule. You know, it's just a, it, the enzymes are marketed in a, in a tablet and capsule form. So you can just take the supplement and that takes care of your problem. Uh, but the diabetes, I think you have to resort to maybe insulin injections. And I would say the risk is... Uh, in a single digit below 10% if I do an operation, unless I remove complete pancreas. If you remove whole pancreas, completely different ball game. brittle diabetes. That means the sugar fluctuation up and down is very, uh, very, very sporadic, very difficult to control the fine balance. Ups and downs, the swings are very problematic to manage if there is complete lack of pancreas. You know, doctor, it just sounds to me like it's an effect tree uh, 24 hours operating without an off day, especially we have to give the credits to the heart actually, because we don't want the guy to rest at all. But you said it so well, you know, we have two, right? We got two lungs, we got two kidneys. But unfortunately, or fortunate thing, we have only one one uh, liver and um, of course, brain as well. But yeah, 
understanding the human body is an amazing thing to study about right i mean each of its yeah. functions if you yeah. abuse it you know um i would like to give i mean this is a real incident that happened today morning um as a as a trainer yeah. as a fitness trainer i train yeah. lots of clients yeah. so in the morning one of my particular client was telling me we have to be very gracious and conscious about our pancreas and livers and heart because they are working hard for us but yeah. we are not giving them a break so i i think it is it is something that we all need to take uh, very of cautious course. about it and and yeah. be very religious about it you not know, taking good care of ourselves is i think is very important yes i think uh, that's very important these days with our lifestyle you know the work life balance uh, though we can see the social media has elevated the awareness you know with google and all that now people can just on the fingertips find out about a problem but what actually are we doing about the problem <laughs> are we interested really to find a solution to this problem and are we pursuing this for our own gain and you know benefit as well as our family and friends i think there's a completely different ball game you know doc um we 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 know that you know the insulin is such a amazing uh, phenomenal produced yeah. in our body right it it just yes. happens uh, itself right Yes. but of course we know that without a pancreas can a person live or what is the survival rate like and is there any new therapies available in tanto singh hospital to improve these survival rates i think uh, you see without pancreas of course can live as far as you take over the function by other means artificial means maybe by tablets injections and all that a uh, probably can 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 live so i would say that a, a person can live without a pancreas now either you live with uh, you know insulin injections as well as enzyme replacements or very occasionally you may actually then pursue what is called as pancreas transplantation or an islet cell transplantation islet cells are typical cells in the body in with the, they are the pancreatic cells you know there are alpha cells there are beta cells there are gamma cells there one of the thing is islet cells which control the sugar so i think there is a, a special procedure called islet cell transplantation so you inject the the human with an islet cells and they will start manufacturing and regulating the sugar and all that so all these technology and things are available you know pancreas transplant is possible islet cell transplantation are possible uh, and, and uh, you know these techniques they are actually not really available in tantoxin but they are available in singapore so people can live without a pancreas and i would say that they can probably have a good survival you know survival would be determined by the primary reason why the pancreas was removed in the first place so survival can be determined mainly by the initial root cause of the you know the reason why the pancreas was removed says for example cancer then what's the stage of that cancer and so on and so forth yeah you know dog i learned something today you know your pancreas is your like a wife you do not want to mess with it And well, especially we feminists. <laughs> on this show, we shouldn't be feminists because that also can backfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, probably we can say your pancreas is can be husband. So we was out there. This is just yeah. a man for a little joke, right? But yeah. but again, dog. I mean, it's amazing yeah. to know such a such an organ uh, does for us amazing things without our permission or approvals. Because it as long yeah. we eat something, the pancreas does something, you know, on its yeah. own as well as well as the insulin. and you you said it very well as well but doc but you know talking about cancers as well um it's an it doesn't comes in size whether you're fit or unfit whether you are thin or big size whether you eat healthy or unhealthy um but but in in singapore itself i mean especially singaporeans how can we reduce the risk of the cancer i mean as as a general um suggestion doc i think the three things here the first thing is uh, to to know how to reduce the risk of cancer you need to know what are the causes of cancer and again the three common cause of cancer of pancreas are smoking drinking and being overweight so as far as we, we can control these three things in our life uh, you know we will reduce our risk uh, but are we able to control these three things that's entirely upon us so i think we doctors put risk as modifiable and non modifiable 
So smoking, drinking and being overweight, being overweight sometimes could be non-modifiable if it's driven by genetics and other conditions. But by and large, we, we relate it to the lifestyle. So we say modifiable. So if there's a modifiable problem is entirely within your control and you take the supreme charge of it. But there is a little bit of non-modifiable, which we talked earlier about genetic, because that is genes we inherited and there's some mutations or changes that probably can't do much and that we, you know, we are left uh, uh, to mutations, we develop cancer, we can't reduce that kind of risk. But good news is that most of the cancers happen because of modifiable risk factors and we can modify that. So I think we can easily reduce the risk burden. And in fact, it's not top 10 common cancers in Singapore once. And I would say good yeah. and bad. Good is not top 10. You know, we don't want cancer. It's a killer. We don't want that disease at all. It's good. Uh, but because it is not so common, there is not much awareness, not many people talk about it. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, the, the pros and cons of not being so common. Doc, um, for especially for pancreatic ca uh, cancer, um, the high risk factors uh, fall under above 60. What is the youngest case you ever seen? I think once the if you ask me these questions, the viewers will get scared <laughs> because okay, if you okay. ask the youngest okay. youngest case, I've seen people in their thirties with cancer. Because I am a doctor, I see the full spectrum. So I don't want to scare our viewers today. You know, don't want to get a wrong message. By and large, cancer is a disease of aging process. Because as the body gets older, the cells get a little bit weaker. What we call a telomere or certain parts of our DNA and all that, you know, they change, they mutate, uh, and that it contributes to the risk of cancer. So by and large, people with pancreas cancer would be, say, say 60 to 70 years age group. Most common is 60 to 70, the yeah. decade. Even we have seen people after 70 years and all that. Uh, but if you ask me youngest, of course, I've seen the 30 plus. You know, if you ask the same questions to some pediatric trained specialist, he will say, you know, I've seen in a child, so is the full spectrum of range, yeah. You know, dog, because for the past couple of weeks, I mean, especially past one week, I've been going through the pancreas about the exocrine and the endocrine, the functions, and, yeah. and it's, it's a big theory, right? It's a big factory yeah. we talk about. But we yeah. also look at the presentations. Uh, one should be aware of what exactly is happening to them. I mean, most, you know, would just take it as a home remedy, right? Oh, I have a stomach pain. Maybe I drink this. You know, yeah. but sometimes it's, it's very important that we need to understand our body. Yeah. If more symptoms, uh, the presentations were shown, then I think it is time to see your first contact, which is your GP. And then they will do the necessary things. And then, then they will suggest what you should do next. I think that is very important for the viewers out there who are watching this. Viewers who are watching this, please do share and like so that more awareness and exposure on the pancreas will be known to all our viewers and friends. Doc, uh, we have a viewer right now here who asked about the pancreatic uh, cancer. Um, can a patient recover from it eventually? Uh, <laughs> you have not put the last word. I can read here. Or is it a matter of time? <laughs> yeah, I'm not reading that. I'm not reading that. <laughs> I think most of my patients and families also don't want to dwell into that matter of time. Uh, but let's uh, let's be realistic here. Let's be honest with my viewers and uh, myself. I think uh, when somebody has a cancer, we have to take a step back. Uh, we have to actually now not only treat the patient, uh, you know, we have to treat the disease. We have to treat the patient who has the disease. And we have to treat the family as well, the next of the kin, because uh, though uh, the, the, the problem is with one individual, but actually the whole family is suffering from that illness or the experience of the illness. So I think the first and foremost is the duty of a doctor to actually have a correct diagnosis. So we need the accurate diagnosis. And once, sometimes that itself is a challenge. Yeah, I told you pancreas is so deep, we can't just anyhow poke needles and take samples, you know, because there is a risk of injuring the stomach, risk of injuring other organs. So diagnosis itself is sometimes a challenge. Now, once we have done an accurate diagnosis, then we doctors have a duty to bring this whole case discussion in what we call as multidisciplinary team or multidisciplinary tumor board. So there's a group of doctors, you know, from all diverse specialties, oncologists who deal with chemotherapy, radiotherapists who deal with radiation treatments, 
gastroenterologists who are expert in endoscopy and medical parts of pancreas, surgical oncologists who are a little bit trained in terms of surgical part, a radiology doctor, and they have two different groups. One is a diagnostic and one is an interventional. They can do various things, put in wires and tubes in the, you know, various body. So I think all these, and again, we have a nurse clinicians and, you know, other relevant specialties like pathology doctors, pain specialists, physiotherapists and occupational Everybody sits together to determine what is the next best course of action. When that's done, that's brought back to the patient and the family. Discussions are done. Typically, by and large ones, pancreas cancer will require surgery. So we will advise surgery. The problem is only 20 to 25% qualify for surgery because the disease, the patient come too late when the cancer has already grown, expanded or spread to other body organs, we can't really do operation. It's not possible to do surgery and cure the patient. So therein uh, lies the very important, you know, that such shows by yourself uh, and other medium are done. So people do come early. They come and present at an early stage because 75% of the time we can't do surgery and surgery is the only curative modality. So I think we can we can say we are curing the patient, uh, but pancreas is a bit aggressive. So there will be some relapses. Tumor will recur even after an operation. Then you have to get for chemotherapy or radiation. Uh, I think eventually it's a matter of time. And it's a matter of time for all human body, even without a disease, is a matter of time. The clock is not stopping. You know, we all have to go one day. So in the same sense, I think pancreas cancer also, you can, in the same analogy, you can say it's a matter of time, but it's, how well is that time spent? Uh, what's the quantity and what's the quality of the time? And that's where a doctor or healthcare professional, the team of doctors would value it to the patient and the family because eventually it's a matter of time. But how good is that time, you know, taken care of? Yeah, that's important. You know, doctor, I mean, it's the third time I'm saying well said. Um, emotional health of the <clears throat> caregivers and the families plays a huge part um, yeah. I think if anyone have ever lost someone, their loved one uh, to cancer, it, it is such a draining because you got to be, um, look, you can't be emotional in front of the person, especially your loved one, right? And yes. and it, it requires a lot of um, braveness, a lot of blessings. Uh, I think it, it is something that not everyone want to go through it. Um, yeah. and, and I think it, it is the doctors, uh, I think, um, like I, I always say that in my show, uh, doctors are actually the angels that sent down by heaven <laughs> because yeah. because you need to protect the humans. So thank you, doctor. Thank you so much for that. No problem. Uh, we are we are seeing a chart here right now. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. doctor. I mean, it looks like the the cancers on the breast seems to be a little bit more higher, followed by colon and liver as well. Um, what are we looking at these stats, doc? What what actually gives us in the overview itself? Yeah, I think once to just put in perspective, in 2016, I got a very interesting, you know, student from School of Biological Sciences, and she had to do something for her final year project, 2016. So I think um, I kind of assisted her uh, to do her final year project, but it was kind of win-win situation because I could then do this kind of a small survey. So she was very enthusiastic, and she helped me do this uh, survey on about 500 uh, healthy participants who came to Tantoxen. Um, these were not all patients. They were, you know, some people were next of kin, families and friends to people. You know, they, they come to Tantoxen clinic in the surgery department. And we asked them to do some survey. <laughs> and of course, this was one of the questions. I think the survey is very elaborate. But this is just one of the, the things I wanted to share with the viewers today. That many people are aware of breast cancer, colon cancer, you know, lung cancer. But when it comes to pancreas cancer, I think more than 60% of the participants wouldn't know much about pancreas cancer. And I wouldn't blame them. They wouldn't know because it's not that common, you know, so it's not that common. So people don't talk about it. And people like us, doctors, we also have to do our role to, you know, do some educational forums and events. So I wouldn't say there is a big disconnect, but I think there is a requirement or a need uh, to raise the awareness of pancreas cancer. And I really commend you for doing this show because only why this show and such forums, 
we can actually do that. We can just reach out to the community at large and, and raise awareness. So that graph is very instrumental. 60% of our populations don't know you know about pancreas cancer people just are ignorant and not they are ignorant these are all graduates and postgraduate doctors you know people participants were you know highly educated people but the awareness is just lacking yeah thank you doctor thank you so much for that yeah. um doc we 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 coming to the last part of the uh, show which is of okay. course the screening because it's it's pretty you know, um, I, I just want to give you a, a, a real incident that happened. I mean, three years back, I lost my dad. Um, perfectly fine. Just with just coughing. <laughs> so probably anyone would just thought, you know what, you got a sore throat. Uh, take some lozenges and, you know, be dressed. But, you know, but the cough persisted. And then when we went to check, it was already the stage three of the last stages. Um, and Doc said, you got three months to live. Just like how God will say, okay, you're gone in three months. But, you know, Doc, but it's a bit of a strange to understand the human body. I mean, we live in this body for so many years. But unfortunately, we, we are not able to understand why some cells are turning against us. And will there be any early detection, especially when we talk about this amazing organ pancreas? Is there any way we can detect? Or Because most of the cases that is already in the late stages, so how can we prevent this as a whole, doctor? Can okay, good question, Vance. I think first and foremost, uh, uh, sorry for the loss, uh, for your loss and your family's loss. Uh, you know, it's not easy to get over that loss. Uh, coming to the, the pancreas and the, the screening, uh, I think the screening, uh, If you for that we have to understand what is the role of screening. When we say screening, actually, it means that you di diagnose or detect a disease early when it is still curable beyond, uh, you know, so you don't uh, get it so advanced and late. You actually focus on early diagnosis. And that's the role of screening. I would just say, what are the modalities of screening? So it can be very simple ones, you know, as for example, in breast cancer, we actually teach and educate our, our you know, the, the women uh, called breast self-examination. You can just feel your body part and feel whether there's a lump or a growth. Again, is that going to be possible for pancreas? No. So we talk of certain organs like colon and stomach. We can easily do an endoscopy. Endoscopy is a long tube with a camera. We insert from the mouth, go inside and check the stomach. We insert from the below and, and uh, check the colon. Can that be done for pancreas? No. So again, the pancreas is notorious organ. There is not a good screening test available by virtue of it, location, uh, etc. And I, I also spoke about the tumor marker, the blood test. They are also notorious. So there is no screening test for pancreas cancer. Uh, so there is nothing. There is nothing. There is no screening. So the only way is to get public awareness, education, awareness increasing the literacy level people need to know about it you know and that's it that's the best we can go taking a step further there is a certain role of screening in people who are at higher risk so i would say the family members generally when we say family we say first degree relatives direct first degree relation not the second degree and not really the third degree first degree. I think if there is a family member diagnosed with a pancreas cancer, that first degree relatives of that person probably should be advised to go and check the pancreas. And the way to do would be some form of scan, like a CT scan or an MRI scan or some form of more accurate scan, which are generally CT and MR. That's probably the way to do the screening. I wouldn't say that all Singaporeans should just go and get a CT scan. That's not technically, you know, feasible or even logistically, you know, feasible. But if you have an increased risk because your family member had a pancreas cancer, there is a chance of mutations and genes and all that being transmitted, then all likelihood talk to your doctor and they will help you understand the screening. And of course, we would then do it selectively. Uh, in U.S., there are certain uh, research protocols going on now with regards to pancreas cancer and identify a screening population and really the benefit of screening. Uh, but uh, I think by and large, there is no population level screening program. 
Yeah. You know, doctor, I got to give you lots of credit right now. Um, yeah. I'm not expecting any coffee, uh, but uh, it looks like a, a semester's training, a semester's lesson you have just yeah. covered in one hour. And I'm just yeah. like your medical student as well as all the viewers out there who are enjoying and yeah. understanding the awareness as how important and seriousness about these pantries is all about, doctor. Thank you so much for your yeah. one over hour that you have spent the time with us, doc. Before oh. we sign off, is there yeah. any um, last tip or advices to our viewers out there who are watching this for the past one hour? I think um, I, I don't have a golden statement or a tip for everyone, but I think I would just say that please um, have trust in healthcare profession, have trust in your doctor, have, have trust and faith in the system you are a part of, uh, you know, and system is designed to take care of you. Just be open and share with your, you know, doctor op uh, openly your issues and, you know, the, the problems you face. And I think doctors would be very happy to take care of you. Um, so I think that probably that's all I want to, share, to say. So if you have some things to share, just openly discuss with your doctor. They're there to just help you out. Um, so for me, if I guess somebody talking about pancreas, I would be very you know interested to listen and, and see uh, how we could actually help because the focus is not on treating the disease, but you know the person who actually is suffering from the disease. So I think it's very important to have some trust in the system. Um, what whichever system you you know rely on GP, polyclinics, tertiary hospitals, tantoxin hospital, or wherever. Just you know the, have some trust. Work with your doctor. Um, and of course, he or she will do their best uh, to assist you to go through and, you know, yeah, go through the process or, or the, the journey for your recovery. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Vishal, for your precious yeah. one hour for joining me at Kopi Advance and also a great uh, gratitude and appreciation to Tantau Singh Hospital and to support Kopi Advance for this segment. Thank you, doctor. We will definitely Thank catch you. up for next Kopi sure. Advance. Thank you so much. <laughs> sure. Thank you, Have Doctor. Thank you so much. Yeah. You, you Thanks too. a lot. Thank Bye. you. All right. So, viewers, thank you so much for joining me at Kopi Advance. That is Dr. Vishal. He's a senior consultant in Department of General Surgery at Tantos Singh Hospital. Thank you so much, Dr. Vishal, for spending your precious one hour and also to Tantos Singh Hospital. So, yes, it's an interesting topic. We understand. We, we, we I think we have pretty much finished the month of November on diabetes and pancreas. And we also have a dietitian who came on board and to talk about it. I think it's an amazing month. We at Kopi Rants have dedicated this month of November to the human body, which is very important, which is the pancreas is the responsible of your endocrine and your extracrine. A lot of functions, a lot of things that it does, it does without we realizing or, or without we giving approvals. I mean, it's, it's an amazing thing. We got to keep on studying about our body. If something, there's a pain or there's some kind of lethargicness, that's a kind of a signal that the body is telling you, hey, look, you need to go and check it out. But if we don't listen to it, it gives warning signs, right? It gives you ample of warning signs. It breaks down, it, it slows you down. But if we are not listening to it, then probably it will send you some kind of signals, uh, a major breakdown. So thank you to all the viewers who have just joined. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you, Yanping. And also to um, a lot of people who just joined. Thank you so much who have just joined. We are coming up with a different and exciting topics on the month of December. So stay tuned. For now, it's for me to sign off and have a strong cup of coffee. Till I catch you again, this is cool. This is Vance from Copy with Vance. All right, I see you. Bye bye.